Welcome to Soulful Book Thoughts with me, the reader extraordinaire. Hello and welcome to the reader extraordinaire's book thoughts for the soul. I am your reader extraordinaire or Caitlin, and I hope you guys are having a wonderful night, day, afternoon, wherever the heck you are in the world. And if the audio sounds a little bit different, it's because it is. Um, I am recording in a different location that is a little bit more echoey and where I'm at had a really great desk and I didn't feel like trudging upstairs with my microphone, headphones, and my laptop. So um, I came to the least echoey part of the room and here we are. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about the book, The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. And I'm also going to be formally introducing our March book of the month, which I released on Instagram, Facebook, and I think I did it on Twitter. I might've forgotten. I was doing it in a hurry because I ridiculously forgot, um, to release it. Well, I have a reason. Um, if you guys listened to my episode last week, that was supposed to be the bonus episode. Um, you guys would have seen that I lost someone that was very important to me. And I felt like I needed to talk about it on that episode as well as the book of the month that we read. So that whole week was pretty difficult. Um, so, you know, this and work was not on my mind. Um, so I'm back. Um, and I'm going to formally introduce the book of the month as well as do a book review for you guys. So I want to talk about, um, the March book of the month to begin with, Um, this book is one that I found on the like new release section of my public library. Uh, and I thought the cover was absolutely beautiful. Um, it has this like pretty embroidered, you know, what looks like embroidered, um, fabric on the front of it. And it had a big scarlet letter A. And I was like, hmm. So I picked it up and the book is called Hester. It's by Laurie Lico Albanese. Um, and it is a, I don't want to say adaptation or retelling of the Scarlet Letter. It's inspired by the Scarlet Letter, but I'm not sure exactly to what degree yet because I haven't read it. And the book also doesn't like specifically say, I don't think you know, whether it's an adaptation or retelling or just inspired by the Scarlet Letter, but, um, it's very interesting. Um, when you open the front cover, it says, um, who is Hester Prynne? And I was like, oh, okay. Because I actually did read for once in my life. Um, I did read the description, um, and I was enamored with it and I was like, okay, this has to be it. So, Also, excuse any of the squeaking and crap that my chair does. New location. It's only temporary. Anyway, the desk is really great. So, anywho. So, this is the public plot that everybody gets um, for Hester. Isabel Gamble is a young seamstress carrying generations of secrets when she set sail from Scotland in the early 1800s with her husband, Edward. An apothecary who's fallen under the spell of opium, his pile of debts have forced him to flee Edinburgh for a fresh start in the new world. 
but only days after they've arrived in Salem, Edward abruptly joins a departing ship as a medic, leaving Isabel penniless and alone in a strange country, forced to make her way by any means possible. When she meets a young Nathaniel Hawthorne, the two are instantly drawn to each other. He's a man haunted by his ancestors who sent innocent women to the gallows, while she is an unusually gifted needleworker troubled by her own strange talent. As the weeks pass and Edward's safe return grows increasingly unlikely, Nathaniel and Isabel grow closer and closer. Together they are a muse and a dark storyteller, the enchanter and the enchanted. But which is which? In this sensuous and hypnotizing tale, a young immigrant woman grapples with our country's complicated past and learns that America's ideas of freedom and liberty often fall short of their promise. Interwoven with Isabel and Nathaniel's story is a vivid interrogation of who gets to be a real American in the first half of the 19th century, a depiction of the early days of the Underground Railroad in New England, an atmospheric inter... So sorry. I stutter over words sometimes. The Underground Railroad in New England and atmospheric interstitials that capture the long history of unusual women being accused of witchcraft. Meticulously researched yet evocatively imagined, Hester is a timeless talk of art, ambition, and desire that examines the roots of female creative power in the men who try to shut it down. A vivid reimagining of the woman who inspired Hester Prynne, the tragic heroine of Nathaniel Hawthorne's A Scarlet Letter, and a journey into the enduring legacy of New England's witchcraft trials. Okay, so it is a reimagining. Um, <clears throat> I don't think it said that on the inside of the book that I had, but I read that from Goodreads. Um, to give you guys kind of the synopsis of it. Um, so it is going to be really good. I've already started reading it. Um, and I'm really excited, actually, to see where it goes. Um, it's not, it's a little bit of historical fiction. It's a little bit of, you know, adaptation. I think it's got a lot of stuff in it that is going to be interesting to kind of talk about and uncover. <clears throat> so, um, if you guys want to participate for our Worms book club, that's what we're reading. Um, and I would appreciate if you guys send in your thoughts and everything through, um, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, um, or even the new TikTok that I created for this account, where I talk about all things books and literature and just get on book talk and writer talk. Um, I'm at book thoughts pod everywhere. So it's all the same. So you guys can find me really easily. Um, so that's what we're reading for March. And now let's get into The Maidens. This is not a sequel necessarily to The Silent Patient, but it does have a tie-in to one of the characters in The Silent Patient, which I thought was super cool. It's not like, it's not like an, a, a huge tie-in, but it is, it is cool to be like, oh, okay. It is pretty cool. Um, so of course I, ouch. I always give you guys the public plot. Um, so that's where I go to Goodreads and read to you guys about what this book is. Um, and then let's get into it. So here we go. Edward Fosca is a murderer. Of this, Mariana is certain, but Fosca is untouchable. A handsome and charismatic Greek tragedy professor at Cambridge University, Fosca is adored by staff and students alike, particularly by the members of a secret society of female students known as the Maidens. Mariana Andros is a brilliant but troubled group therapist who becomes fixated on the maidens when one member, a friend of Mariana's niece, Zoe, is found murdered in Cambridge. 
Mariana, who is once herself a student at the university, quickly suspects that behind the idyllic beauty of the spires and turrets and beneath the ancient traditions lies something sinister. She becomes convinced that despite his alibi, Edward Fosca is guilty of the murder. But why would the professor target one of his students, and why does he keep returning to the rites of Persephone, the maiden, and her journey to the underworld? When another body is found, Mariana's obsession with proving Fosca's guilt spirals out of control, threatening to destroy her credibility as well as her closest relationships. But Mariana is determined to stop this killer, even if it costs her everything, including her own life. Ta-da. So, you know, pretty dramatic. But also very cool. Um, it is something that, once again, I did not even guess where the hell it was going until we got there. <laughs> Um, so I always go over, you know, elements I loved and, you know, elements that I was not a fan of. I don't think there was anything in this book that I hated, just some things that I wasn't like, you know, super thrilled with. So of course I love the suspense. Um, I did not guess the plot, um, (laughs) did not guess the twist, had absolutely no idea where it was going. Um, it kind of hit me in the face. I was like, what? Which is really cool in his writing that I think he does, that he's able to spin a tale so deeply that you don't even guess it until you're there. I think that shows dedication, really good writing. Um, I love the settings and the characters again, of course. Um, his characters in The Silent Patient were also very good. And um, Theo, the therapist in The Silent Patient, is actually a friend of Mariana's. Well, not a friend, but like a colleague. Um, they both have the same therapist um, that they talk to and get advice from. So, you know, they have this little moment in the book where they talk um, about what's happening. And... Mariana, we find out, is actually the woman who gets Theo the job at the Grove, at the asylum. Um, And they actually do talk about the silent patient. They actually talk about her. Um, Mariana's like, wow, you know, does she really kill her husband? And it's it's a short conversation, but it is kind of interesting because you're like, God, if you read the silent patient first, which you probably have, you're kind of just like, oh my God, I know what really happened and you have no idea. Um, so it's kind of cool that there's like a fourth wall break almost. It's like, we know what's happening, but Mariana has no idea that this man is a murderer. Um, and that putting him in the grove where this wonderful silent patient is, is really just making everything worse. So it's kind of cool. Um, but I also love that we're in a school. Um, the, I love the asylum stories. I do. I love them. There's, I guess something about being mentally ill yourself makes everything else seem really cool. Um, it's romanticized, but I don't know, maybe that's just me and my morbid curiosity of being obsessed with things like that. But anyway, um, the school is really cool. Um, and you know, you have professors. Um, so we're not dealing with, we're dealing with this on like a, I don't want to say, you know, it's not normal people in society because 
college is freaking normal society, but it's a closed group of people because we're in a college. We have professors, we have the students, we have secret groups of students and clubs and things like that. So it's not so open. It has to be within this small circle, um, which is just really different. And as weird as it is, because I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, when I was reading this, I was like, oh, Hogwarts. But no, it's, it's Cambridge. Um, but I think that this character, Mariana, our main character here, I feel bad for her. Um, because she lost her husband. Her, they went to Greece and her husband drowned. Um, and it was very sad, very unfortunate. Um, but she hasn't been able to let go of this for three years. Um, and Zoe is her niece and you know, that's her, Zoe's friend gets killed and Zoe reaches out to her and she's like, okay. And she fools her, she, she throws herself full into this situation and this horrific accident or, you know, what they think is an accident, but they figure out it's a murder and she like puts everything she knows behind it. And there's a couple times where Zoe's like, you know, well, what would, what would your husband have done? You know? And it's like, whoa, now why we got to talk about what he would do. It's like it reopens the wound and just pours salt in it because she has not healed and she has not let go of this. And Zoe is just kind of like, listen, what would your husband have done? You know, it's kind of like a comparison thing. And you know, that hurts her feelings. Um, and she noticed that Zoe had always been close, closer with her husband. And you know, now that she's all she's got left, this is a perfect opportunity for her to be the parent that Zoe doesn't have. Um, so, you know, she throws herself into this, but I her methods are overlooked. Um, you know, she tries to go to the police. She tries to tell them something's not right. You know, she tries to get Zoe to tell them that things aren't right, but they don't believe her. Um, and so she starts doing things on her own. You know, she has dinner with Edward Fosca, the professor, and, you know, she has a group therapy session with the group that he specifically calls the maidens to see if they can say anything. And he's very creepy and slimy. And, you know, she thinks she's got it right. You know, she's got this pinned down. She just needs a confession. And she hopes to get that, you know, from her group therapy methods and from sneaking around and, you know, trying to do this. And because no one's taking her seriously, she's like, I have to stop this before more people die. Um, and well, she doesn't exactly because when she figures out who is actually behind the murders, it's quite a shock, um, because she finds out that it's actually Zoe who is behind all the murders. Now, it was weird because the reasoning that she gave for this, Zoe says... And this is one of the elements that of, of the book that I didn't really like. 
Um, it was not my favorite because I thought it was just strange. Um, that it was Zoe and her husband because her husband, uh, Mariana's husband was actually sleeping with Zoe. Um, and they had like the secret affair going on, which is just disgusting in itself. And, you know, utmost betrayal to Mariana in numerous ways, but everything that she's known was a lie, um, between Zoe and her husband. She'd just been lied to constantly. And it was weird that Zoe was like, you know, all along it was to get you out of the way. But I'm like, okay, why did all these other people have to die if you were just trying to get to Mariana? Doesn't make much sense to me because she lures her out in the woods for this right because she's like, oh, I've... You know, it's me this time. I'm the target from the calling cards and all the clues. And she's like, it's me. So she leads her out in the, the woods and she attacks her. And, you know, Mariana fights her way out of it. But it's like, you were doing all of this for what? I mean, her husband died. So I guess she felt like she had to carry this out. Uh, Mariana found some, I guess, love notes from her husband to Zoe. And she was like, what? And then when Zoe admitted it, she's like, what? (laughs) Even more. So I guess I just don't, I almost wanted it to be Edward Fosca. I almost wanted it to be the professor. I did want it to be the professor because you start out knowing, because she says Edward Fosca is a murderer and you start out knowing, because I was like, okay, all right. We start out knowing the murderer and we're going to go back in time figuring out how we figured out this is the murderer and there's going to be some cool twist. No, that is not what happened at all. Um, it was extremely twisty in the fact that you do not think Zoe is the one behind all this and let alone Mariana's dead husband. That just doesn't, that didn't cross my mind. So I didn't love the twist as much as I love the silent patient, but I also did love it in a way that it was completely unexpected. So it didn't exactly click for me, but I didn't hate it. But I just felt even more bad for Mariana because I'm like, everything you knew was a lie and everyone you loved was a lie and now you have no one. It's just really sad, you know? But, um, I mean, the readability was really good. Um, I think I finished this in a day. I mean, I just flew through this thing. His writing is very good. Um, very easy to follow, not confusing, um, still very mature and advanced, but not, I always, I always say when I have to, or when I say that readability was good or it was easy to read, I don't want people to think that I mean that it was like simple and not well thought out. And that it was just like, Oh, it was easy to read. No. When I say that, I mean, I was engaged. Um, it wasn't here, there, everywhere. Um, it was complex, but it had, you know, the straightforward plot of where we were going, what we were doing, but it was wonderfully written. Um, and it was a very gripping book. Um, and the story is told very well, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the twist, it's told very well. Um, I think if I rate this, I would probably give it, 
maybe a four out of five and instead of it being five out of five because of the the twist me not liking the twist maybe three and a half but everything else was just so good <laughs> the lead up to it is just what puts me over at a four um because you know I loved it and of course I don't read the reviews yet until I'm here with you guys because I want to do them together so let's look at some reviews my mom also read this oh she read it four out of five too Ooh. okay I didn't even have to filter yet and there's a two-star review what's it say let me see Well, basically, he just says, it's just, look, I hate being that guy, but it's just not very good. I'm pretty reasonable about managing my expectations when it comes to summertime psych suspense thrillery books. They don't got to be art. They just need to hold my interest and maybe throw a surprise or two. Um, escape, escapist entertainment is fine. I don't like being insulted. And that's what it felt like. How? He says the chapters are too short. I don't know. I disagree that the book feels like the author is shoehorning in details from his own personal cache of stuff he knows about. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. All right, let me, let me filter. Let me filter and get to the juicy ones. Let me filter. Okay. Man, this person. <laughs> Ashley, a frolic through fiction. I felt more tension between me and a ringing phone. It really took the thrill out of thriller. And it just left me with, er. <laughs> oh, God. This book put me to sleep. Talk about a disappointment. I really didn't think it was that bad. I mean, geez. This is one of those books riding the coattails of its betters. Recently, there have been a ton of fictional books aiming to incorporate or rework some part of the ancient world. Something else entirely. It's certain to do with... It certainly has neither the power of Greek myth nor the quality of secret history. It's painfully bad. What? Unnatural conversations. I, no, I don't agree, but okay. One and a half rounded down. Writing three out of five, plot one out of five, ending C and never out of five. Fair warning, I'm a bit sick, so this may be more incoherent than you. Oh, okay. Oh, anyways, the street said this book was trashola, but as a masochist, I had to see for myself. And like Verity, curiosity kicked me in the ass. Uh, I'll read the non-spoily feedback just because it's shorter. Um, start off strong, great psychological insights. But when she traveled to Cambridge, the plot crumbled like feta cheese. Absolute trash. Mariana had to be one of the top three dumbest characters I've encountered. What do you mean? Um, she takes the cake. It's an actually an embarrassment to the profession. And lastly, we have the writing very much meh. Michaelides has an odd habit of saying something twice. Well, well. Eh. Yeah, I mean, okay. Oh my god. 
I hated the silent patient. No, that's not true. I despised it. I loathed it. Okay. Then why did I request the maidens? Honestly, I didn't think it would be approved. So thanks, NetGalley. You may regret it, but it's your own fault. I haven't ripped a good one in a book in 2021, but I do believe the maiden is going to be the first. Hold on tight because it's going to be a bumpy ride. Okay. I have to read this one in its entirety and it is long, but because they said they're going to rip a new one in this book, I have to keep reading because people who start off like that make me think that they don't actually know how to critique a book. So here we go. The female characters, no, no, someone should have paid me to read this. I swear, Mr. McKaylees, for the love of all that is holy, cease and desist writing from the female perspective because you suck at it. Once again, the main character is a therapist, a pretty lousy one, just like the Theo, Dud Theo from A Silent Patient. Luckily me, he makes an unwanted cameo in this book. Um, oh, Sebastian was her husband's name. Love that. How lucky a shining beacon of light wanted a sad sack like her. When she becomes convinced a professor at her niece's school is a predator, um, she's immediately unstable and paranoid. I mean, to be fair, I would too if my niece was there. And everyone thought it was this professor. Listen, I would also think that too. There's plenty of God awful. Ri- I'm also skimming and giving you like the high points. There's plenty of God awful writing. At least the author's consistent in that regard. Namely the author's obsession of I see. Every character says I see on at least once. I counted three on one page. <laughs> the author, suge- I suggest the author get a thesaurus. Th- thesaurus. Thesaurus after the train work of his debut novel, but I guess he didn't listen. You know what? I, he didn't listen. You know what I see? Some of my precious brain cells dying a slow, agonizing, horrific, horrific death, worthy of a 1980s horror movie. Think Sleepaway Camp after I finished reading this. Okay, listen. It is not that bad. It is nowhere near that bad. I'm confused at where you think it is that trashy. I'm also confused as to why you kept reading it because you thought it was so trashy, Elaine. Three, heinous male characters and the cliches out the wazoo. We have the charismatic teacher, honky husband, fawning students, mooning widow. These the crappy characters are equally distributed among the sexes. Mariana's a clueless nitwit and her niece is just poorly developed and Mariana's mentor, a female, is no help either. But the distinction is clear. Women are prey, men are predators. What? Okay, literally, the predator turned out to be a female, which usually never happens because, you know, serial killers, killers are usually male. The guy that is super nice to her and she thinks about falling in love again is not a predator. The other guy, who's a teacher, ended up not being a predator. I mean, he was creepy and he didn't do much to kind of refute the idea that he was the killer, but he wasn't. Moving on. Four, God, so many hard to suspend disbelief moments to choose from. What are the odds that a former colleague of Mariana's is involved in the investigation and allows her to view the crime scenes? That's actually not that low, really, because if it's, you know, not a popular position, like being a forensic analysis or a forensic psychologist, usually you just have one of those a lot of the time. Um, So that makes a lot of sense. So... No one's wearing protective gear over their shoes or clothes to prevent contaminating the crime scene. Usually people don't write about that in books. Mariana has no experience in law enforcement or investigating crimes, but naturally she's got an insider so she can view the crime scene. Coincidence. 
Uh, that was not common knowledge. She was literally snuck in. We have a charming professor who walks around with a um, with walks around with privileged maidens, and no one is suspicious or uncomfortable. No one's concerned. All right, women are prey and submissive. So all is right with the world. Okay, well, no one else had a problem with it except these students who didn't even really have a problem with it. But um, we don't want to talk about that. You know, five. After Zoe nearly kills her aunt, Mariana finds it difficult to forgive Zoe. Right, because Zoe is to blame for everything. Manipulated, brainwashed, and assaulted, assaulted by a sexual predator, and that's her fault. Sebastian's despicable behaviors glossed over. Mariana only fixated on the fact that she was blind to his true character, but no surprise there since Mariana's a ninny. I would not forgive someone who also tried to fucking kill me, regardless of if they were with my husband or not. And yeah, um, she also said Sebastian's behavior was absolutely disgusting. It wasn't glossed over. She was traumatized again by the fact that she did not know her husband. She did not know her niece. I don't think she was a ninny. Six, where's the drama, suspense, freaking urgency? She spends most of the narrative walking around, lamely interviewing people, following people, being followed by creepy footsteps. Yawn. No. No. She is actually investigating and doing a lot of cool work and she's finding stuff that's that's the whole point that's why it leads you to believe it's edward that's why you don't see the plot twist coming i don't see how anyone saw that coming but whatever and i'm usually the first person to guess a mystery but okay seven wait wait i almost forgot about henry what's up with this rando character is he a creep or just a freudian mommy issue of his own i'm beginning to wonder about the author's freudian issues Henry added nothing to the plot. He was just a creepy plot device to assist Marianne in her pitiful investigation of the professor and naturally come to her rescue in the end. Epic fail on that part. I mean, he was just a random character. Yeah, he didn't serve a purpose, but it gave more foundation to the thing that she is a therapist and has patience and she's struggling with one. I don't really think it was that weird. Um, eight, I can barely muster the energy to reflect on the ridiculous lunacy of the identity of the perpetrator. I blinked at the reveal as my brain word, and I thought, I see. But I'd already spent enough time writing this, so I'm not going to go further into how phony and insubstantial the identity of the killer was. I will say this was very cathartic to write. Now, one final question I'm sure some people are thinking about asking. Is the maidens worse than the silent patient? In certain respects, yes. But my opinion doesn't matter. Correct. Why did you write that? Knowing how many pod people enjoyed the latter, I have no doubts this will be a hit. I have a problem with being called a pod person um, because also w- no one had any idea to me who the identity of the killer was, by the way. Um, and no, I don't think either book that Michaelides wrote was awful and trashy. Um, and all the people that are agreeing is insane to me. I, I don't understand. I, like, I, I really do not. Oh my God. Someone just wrote, are you fucking kidding? Zero point, point 0.5 for a review. That one's lengthy, but it basically just says how it was trash writing. 
first half was intriguing, but the rest of it was not. One and a half stars. I enjoyed The Silent Patient, but this was not for me. I think it lost me early on when I realized that every chapter was going to end in a melodramatic cliffhanger. And while there were parts in the middle of investigations I enjoyed, overall the ending totally put me off. I'll try again with this author, but this one was not for me. I don't, a lot of people, that was the last review that I'm reading because now I'm angry. A lot of people are saying that his writing is tight, but that he doesn't understand women. I'm not sure where people are getting that because as a woman reading something written by a man, I thought it was fine. I thought her reactions were perfectly acceptable. She is this woman who has not healed from a great tragedy and now she's being thrown into something else that's also a tragedy and then she has another tragic ending. I don't think she's being melodramatic, you know? And the fact that women are saying this is kind of crazy to me. But whatever. Um, I I think this was a very good book. Um, The Silent Patient was better, in my opinion, because this twistiness was not my favorite was not the best but it was good and I'm definitely going to read more of his stuff um and I hope you guys read some of his stuff too because I really do think it's very good um and give this give this one a try don't always look at negative reviews and think "Ugh, I'm never going to read this book because a lot of the times I have disagreed with negative reviews a So just pick for yourself and understand that you are the only one that can make a review of a book because you're the only one who knows you. So that is it for The Maidens by Alex Michaelides. And um, next week, I think I'm going to start jumping into the series that I'm in. So I think I'm going to do Throne of Glass by Sarah J. Moss first. Um, And then moving up because I've I'm going to alternate. I'm not going to do all the series at one time. I'm going to alternate um, in the order that I've read them. And I have notes written, so don't worry. But I can't wait to see you guys next week. Make sure you follow the new TikTok at Book Thoughts Pod. And I am on all socials at Book Thoughts Pod. And I can't wait to see you next week. Bye.